I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others to make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, the founder of Miles to Memories, joined this week by Mark Osterman, our managing editor, and Bethany Walsh from Bougie Miles. I know, uh, Bethany, you just spent some time up in Michigan, heading back home. How, uh, how are things going? Yeah, I just got back. I was visiting Mark this weekend. So it yeah, was a, yeah, yeah. an interesting weekend, to say the least. Yeah, every crazy story <laughs> always starts with, I was visiting Mark this weekend. So, or <laughs> exactly. not everyone, but a lot of them yep. do. So the, the fact that I made one. it is, you know, is, is incredible. <laughs> yeah, we survived. It's like, uh, it's like the, the hangover. But did you die? That's, that's all that matters. We didn't die. So uh, it was fun. You know, we got to hang out. I uh, got to hang out with Bougie Miles player number two, which is always a good time. And then on Friday or on S- Sunday, after I dropped him off at the airport, a buddy had a sweet access at the Tigers game. So I went to that, hung out with uh, some miles and points people in Detroit and got to watch, you know, the Tigers get destroyed. Uh, but hey, anything from a suite is fun. So it was kind of crazy because they had a, you know, Miguel Cabrera is going for his 500th home run. So everybody's there basically just to watch him because our team's not great. So during the game, though, this pit, the pitcher for the Indians has a perfect game going into the eighth inning. So you almost start to like, okay, well, Cabrera is not getting it done today. So let's see some history. Like I, I found myself rooting for the Indians pitcher. Like, come on. You know, they just, well, they're not even the Indians anymore. So this would have been the first time as the Guardians that they would have had a perfect game. So it would have been a part of like first time history. So I found myself rooting for that. And somebody hit like a really weak bloop single in the eighth. So he had no base on balls and only one hit for the whole game, complete game. So I was like, oh man, everybody cheered like they just won the World Series when they got the hit. But I was rooting for history, man. (laughs) It sucks, man, that to throw almost a perfect game. And so just a one hitter with no other errors or anything else, right? Wow, yeah, and crazy. it wasn't even like a great hit. It was like a bloop single to right field. So it would have been one thing if he like drove it off the wall or like you're like, okay, that was, you know, he got all of it. But it was just like a, oh, let me slap my bat out there and, and loop it into outfield. And that ended it. Uh, it was like 11 nothing game. So it was like the only thing we were there still there uh, rooting for essentially. I'm surprised you actually watched the game because we know that you. Yeah, well, amazing. I mean, how much of it did I watch? Not a ton, but <laughs> I was there the whole game in my seat. So we got to witness that in Colorado, like the the phenomenon where Mark doesn't actually watch baseball inside of a stadium, and I really don't think that you even went close to the to be able to. See no, it. I, I didn't I go out uh, towards the field. At all. I mean, we watched it because there's sports betting apps in uh, Denver as well. So a couple of us like signed up and did sign uh, sign up bonus promos to try to make some money while we were there. So there was a, a couple free bets that you get to do. And a lot of us took the under and there was what, I don't remember if it was the eighth inning or ninth inning. And the over under was like 11 and a half. And the score was at 11 total runs. And there was a play at the plate and they tagged the guy out and they originally called him safe, which would have screwed us. 
but then they reviewed it and it was an out and everybody started screaming. So that was like the uh, amount of baseball I watched that, that one play on replay. <laughs> <laughs> so only, yeah, only when you have some, uh, some money on it. Exactly. <laughs> but did you watch it on the screen or did you actually go over? No, I watched it on the uh, TVs watch. that were behind the bar in our, our yeah. cabana area. Yeah. I don't so, even think that yeah. counts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only time I saw the field was when I went and bought a hot dog before the game started. So that was it. But I've seen that park before, so I, you know, I didn't need to walk around it or anything. In the last two weeks, you've seen baseball games from a cabana and from a suite, but you really didn't actually watch the games happen. So nothing wrong. Best thing ever. Quite, quite the life that you're living. Huge baseball fan. Yeah. Well, we we hung out in Vegas for Sean Reese's 21st birthday this last weekend which was fun. And a huge shout out to one of our Diamond Patreon members who uh, he was in Vegas already and he had a bad stay at Resorts World uh, right around opening and they had promised him a suite at Crockford's for a night when he came back, but he decided he wanted to do his whole stay at Caesars Palace. So at the last minute, he decided to just give us the room. I still had my room at Conrad and it was really, I'm going to tell you, it was very difficult for me to give my son that hotel room and to take the the Conrad (laughs) room. I'm just going to say it was very, very difficult I think I deserve like father of the year award because I wanted that sweet all to myself. But yeah, it was it was good. It was uh, it was a good time, and I think he had fun. Um, but I finally got a, to see Crockford's Mark. So uh, we'll talk on the new MTM Vegas podcast this week all about uh, my final thoughts. Now having been to all three of the hotels there, I'm curious because you know the September trip. I've like moved the choice of my hotel for one night like four or five different times, and. I had booked back into Crockford's and I was one of the people that was walked the first day. So I should technically get that suite as well if it's available. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. And then it has me wondering, like, should I move from the Four Seasons to Crockford's to try to get that? Would I risk it or should I stick? I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I have legit booked five different hotels for for that one night. Yeah, you have uh, you put more thought into that than I think you normally do. Yeah, normally it's just whoever's giving me comps. That's where I go. So yeah, it's crazy, but it was a it was a great surprise, and uh, it was good to be able to to give him a good time. And like I said, that's more Vegas focused, so we'll talk about that more on the Vegas podcast. So that was a good time, and then he ended up, you know, kind of getting drunk, passing out, and losing his cell phone. So I feel like I did my job in delivering a, a memorable birthday weekend. Although, admittedly, not a lot of partying because he's not that much of a party animal, but he at least had some fun. Got to experience his hometown, I think, in a different way. And it's crazy because growing up here, he hasn't, like, I grew up, like, on the strip, basically, but I've never taken him all that much. So he's still not probably as uh, knowledgeable about Vegas as probably a lot of kids who just visit here. So and I, I'd like it to stay that way, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was interesting. It was interesting to see it through his eyes. And I had a lot of fun there as well. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about it on this week's show. And uh, if you like this show, though, before we get into the main MTM podcast, don't forget you can find links to subscribe at mtmpodcast.com. You can find us in any podcast app, and that goes for this podcast, also the new MTM Vegas podcast. Just search Miles to Memories. You can find us everywhere. Let's get into talking about the age-old question that every travel hacker has to deal with, and that's whether you should redeem points or pay cash. And we've talked about this on the show a little bit more, but Ian weighed in this week with an article on the website where he went point by point into exactly what he does. And we're going to kind of go over the different reasons. But I feel like this is a great episode to have Bethany on. This is a great topic because I think, Bethany, you take a different approach to this 
than just about every travel hacker. I feel like almost everybody who's in this hobby, their go-to is to be able to just save money, save money, save money. They don't really look at the other side of it, but it's definitely a lot more nuanced. And uh, we know you're the, the queen of booking crazy tickets to go all the way around the world to get status. You're willing to spend a few bucks though, right? To get what you want. Yeah, I think that that's what sets me or my my theories apart from everyone else like people usually just want to use points if they have them and i look at it slightly differently well how about you mark we're going to talk a little bit later in the in the show about your trip to alaska and i think that's a good point when we're talking about points or cash because there's times obviously where you didn't have a choice but where you decided to spend a little bit uh, more money but let's start here like we're planning a trip we're going to decide points or cash is the first thing you're doing looking at your your preferred travel providers, your preferred hotel, airline? Are you looking for the cheapest? Like, what's my cheapest option? And then kind of going from there, where are you guys starting when you're when you're planning your trip and kind of de- determining how you're going to pay for it? Yeah, I usually start for hotels. I start with a ward mapper and I kind of you know look at the hotel scene, what what points hotels they have available. Sometimes if the if the points is a decent you know if it's like an eight thousand point Hyatt, twelve thousand point Hyatt. I don't even really pay attention to cash that much because you know it's it's always going to be a, a decent value when you're in the lower tier tier hotels because they're usually going to be 150 to 200 dollars at least for flights. I go to Google Flights and always look at the cash prices first, and then see what direct flights are offered, and then kind of try to find the miles that work best for that, and then see if it's a good valuation or not. Like I'm chasing Delta status, which I know Bethany is as well. So I'll do that. And then you go and, you know, Delta's all over the place. Sometimes they'll have really good mileage prices and other times for a $200 flight, it'll be 25,000 miles. So you don't know what you're going to get. So that one's always kind of a mixed bag. And then I'll even look at partners like Virgin or Flying Blue, stuff like that to, to try to book Delta if that's the best option. So I kind of work it that way. I don't really have a set, you know, Ian talks about these are the min valuations I go for, kind of the ballpark I'm looking for. And I used to always say, I just use points no matter what. And I guess in a roundabout way, it's still that way because with the cash out from the membership rewards at 1.25 cents right now and 1.5 cents on Chase, you can kind of still pay cash for things, but use points. You you cash in your points and then turn them into cash and use that cash to pay. So I know people say money's fungible and once it's money, it's money. But I kind of had like a unique theory. I don't know if it's new, unique, but it's new to me that when you're paying cash, you're basically buying points at the highest rate. You know, maybe that's the way we should look at it. Like if this high at hotel, you're getting 1.4 cents per point or 1.3 cents. Maybe that's not what you want. And you, you set your cutoff at 1.5, but should we turn around and look at it and say, would I buy high at points at 1.3 cents? Cause that's essentially what you're doing. I know that doesn't factor into your earn rates from the purchase. But once you calculate all that, maybe we should look at it as, would I buy these points for this price? And if your answer is yes, then you pay cash. If your answer is no, then you book it. Is it that simple? Am I crazy? <laughs> it's hard though, because like the sell, people sell this hobby, right? It's traveling for free. And so it's difficult to, to, to for some people to just get over the fact that they're going to use money to pay for things. And whether it's right or wrong, or whether they get the value or not, some people just mentally can't uh can't do that and i don't know that it's that there is a right or wrong answer but i do know that the longer i've been in the hobby the longer i've been doing it the easier it's been for me to start paying cash for stuff and to kind of acknowledge what the value the true value scenario is whereas before to your point mark i would just say i'm going to use points for everything right i'm I'm trying to travel for free my goal is to not pay cash and now uh, i feel like the more mature you get in the hobby the the less simple that calculation is what what do you think bethany so first of all, I would just like to say that 
The only arguments Mark and I have ever had historically are about this. And all of a sudden, Mark <laughs> agrees with me. So I wish that I had premium slack so that I could go back and take all those times. He got like a little fresh with me saying like, but you're going to end up spending X, Y, and Z. And you could just look at it like this. And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to cash in points anyway at the end of the day for cash back. I just want to say this is new. I planted the seed in his head and he <laughs> waited two years until he could no longer attribute it to me to say that it was right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I do think playing a, a role in it has been better options to cash out. Like before it was ultimate rewards were cash out at like one cent. And now with pay yourself back, if it stays around 1.5 cents was kind of like a game changer. Cause that's about what I was getting for stuff anyway. So it kind of opened my eyes up to it. Membership rewards. I've just yes, been ding, ding, ding. <laughs> opened your eyes. Yep. That was me. <laughs> Membership rewards, it's just been so easy to earn these days with all these targeted offers and stuff that I have a surplus. So I'm like, why not? You know, 1.25 isn't great, but if you can earn replenish them, plus we're not traveling a ton like we normally would, it's like there's no point in stockpiling it for the time being. So that, you know, all of it has kind of changed my theory on it. You know, just the pandemic played a role in it as well. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, for sure. Like that's actually influenced me sometimes to go the other way because I'm like, okay, well now paying cash is just absurd because usually I factor in how many miles and points am I earning on this stay that I can use in the future. But now I'm like, I just already have too many. And, and like hotels are astronomically high right now. So it's like, you're, this is the time to, to get value from those points. Airlines, you know, that was a different thing where they were cheap for a while. Now that's getting expensive. So it's it's almost like the the as things roll back out, they get you know points are more valuable to use. So yeah, but yeah. you make a good point is that you should flex based on you always should be looking at the cash price of what you're doing um, because there's times where flights are nothing and you know even paying twelve thousand five hundred miles for a domestic award when you could get a flight for fifty dollars like where the value is so lopsided uh, that you have to be doing that and then. Uh, to your point, like now you now you're maybe seeing better value where through most of the pandemic using miles and points was not something you should have been doing on flights or hotels because it was so cheap. I don't start with like award prices. I start at I go to Google hotels and like whatever is the five star hotels is where I start. And I see like, okay, where do I have either like a free night cert or miles and points for any of these hotels? And then I work my way down from there. Kind of the opposite. But the cash price is always something on my mind, especially with programs that have like great promos like Hyatt and Marriott. There's one other thing that I was thinking about this weekend um, in talking in talking to, to a friend who is in this hobby and has created a business around the hobby, although not like us. I mean, obviously, the three of us all have very direct businesses. We write about this stuff. We have our you know businesses writing off. Uh, trips is fairly straightforward because this is our job, but there may be people who don't, you know, they have their own job and they're starting businesses that then allow them to write off a lot of their travel. And if you're traveling and paying cash and you're able to write that off, that's another kind of calculation. I know it's one that I've always been very frustrated with because uh, on one hand, if I'm paying cash for a hotel for work, I can write that off. But then on the other hand, I have the miles and points and at what, what point do I use those and which thing and that as another level of complication, but I feel like there's probably, uh, people should at least be looking at, do they have opportunity to write off cash travel in some circumstances and then what value that gives to you? Because 
uh, you're not paying tax on it. I think that's what's so uh, amazing about the IRS not taxing cash out of miles and points. Like when you pay yourself back with ultimate rewards, that's tax-free earnings because the way that, you know, it's set up, it's a, a rebate on spend. Same with like the city double cash, stuff like that. And then you turn around and use that cash to pay for your travel and you get to write that off too. So it's like double dipping it essentially. So that it can really add up when you think about it. We should do like a special on this because I've been thinking about this for a really long time because at one point I wanted to be a tax attorney and I love looking at taxes. Like I did our taxes for uh, up until like three years ago. And something I always thought of was like, okay, well, I'm not getting any taxable benefit out of using my miles and points for myself. So every time P2 or like one of my friends would take a trip, I would just sort of say, okay, well, I'll give you my miles for this trip. And then you'll just give me cash next time we travel. And, you know, that's a good idea. Doing it that way, I've sort of like created value for all sides, but also maximize my my rightful deduction. Yeah, and I should say we're not accountants and this is not professional professional advice. But this yeah, is not I mean, professional good, advice. But it is good and fun to talk about our own personal experiences and like as we are and and a lot of people have have similar things, but yeah, as you get more advanced in the hobby, this little simple question about cash or points and whether you should use what where does kind of get more complicated, but then you can get um, significantly more value. So that's why we we like to talk about it. We do also have our own valuations of points to kind of help people. They need a guide for what we sort of have found the value of different things to be. You know, for instance, Ian says the value of Hyatt points are one and a half cents each. That's actually, or that's what he uses. That's actually what I find is my value. Oftentimes I find I'm getting 1.3 or 1.4 cents. And those are the redemptions that just kill me because I don't want to go less than the value, but when I when I think about it, the average is still pretty good. And like, yeah, it's just so much ridiculousness that we can go through as uh, as people going in circles Don't about how, how small to... stuff. Exactly. And well, that's <laughs> that's going to bring us to like the next thing we're going to talk about, which is your Alaska trip. Which I know there's a lot of people who read your your report on it, Mark, uh, and you basically laid out how much cash, how much points you spent, exactly how you booked it, where you stayed, everything else. So it's a great article for people to read. But I mean, you spent a decent amount of money, right? I mean, this wasn't that quote unquote free trip that everybody dreams about. Yeah. And I mean, a couple of things played into that, but it was the most expensive cash trip I think I've had, you know, maybe ever, because, you know, if you look at the what it would have cost me type of trips definitely have had more expensive trips like that. Like, Oh, I've had, you know, a $5,000 flight, stuff like that. But that's not real to me. Um, and before we got into miles points, we did all inclusive stuff, but that was usually, you know, two dollars $2,500, stuff like that. So this is at least in a long time, you know, since I got into it, uh, miles and points for like the last 10 years, this is probably the most expensive. And, you know, some factors of that was, I'm chasing Delta status, so I paid cash for the flight, a first-class flight, which was basically $1,200. I read that, and I thought I was reading a Bethany post. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I will say, you know, I had uh, about $600 in Amex airline incidental credits that I used rolled towards it, so 
it was only really like $600 out of pocket. And I did write earlier this year where I cashed in every single ultimate reward and every single membership reward point I had, which ended up being like a little over $10,000 worth of money. And I did that so I could be flexible on my travel in the future. I kind of put that in a bank off to the side and that came into play with this. You know, my son's, it was uh, 52,000 Virgin Atlantic miles to get his flight there, which hurt because it would have been 25,000 a year ago and 45,000 Delta Sky miles back. It wasn't the best option of, you know, both of those were like not the best option, but I wrote an article uh, if you're interested, which is linked to in this one explaining it. Uh, transportation, I got a pretty good deal on car rental, which is hard to find these days. So all that t- transportation, parking, everything was $440. Lodging, this this one kind of hurt. I used two free night certificates when we were in Anchorage. But when you get outside of Anchorage, there's not a lot of miles and points option. So one of the nights we were going to drive to Homer and I was going to use choice points, which I signed up for that card partially for this trip. And then I decided, you know, I didn't audible last minute. Ian uh, Snyder did not know what audible meant because he doesn't watch football. Thank I you. I was just about to say what because <laughs> he does not live on planet Earth. He does not live on planet Earth, apparently. Come on. So Ian, an audible is when you change the play. So I changed the play. We were originally, you know, supposed to drive to Homer, but we'd already drove. You know, we were only there for four days and that would have been you know, five hours worth of driving there and then like four or five hours back to Anchorage. And it was just kind of killer. It would have ruined the whole trip. So I I made a, you know, our buddy Dave told me about the Girdwood area, the brewery there and the the really nice hotel there. So I spent $400 to stay there for one night, which that was $400 I wasn't planning on and did it last minute. And then the the hotel I uh, stayed at in Seward was $660. Wasn't great, but everything was expensive there and there was no points options. So, you know, hotels was around $1,100. Entertainment was, uh, you know, $350. The biggest thing was the six hour boat trip that we took, which was 225 bucks in and of itself. We took a tram to the top of the mountain, which cost money, gold panning, stuff like that. Dining, 450 bucks. We ate pretty inexpensive because my son does not like seafood. So that's kind of the big cost in Alaska. So I saved there. So overall, it was uh, three, $3,550 two free night hotel certificates and 97,000 airline miles. So it was a very big cash centric trip. So I was kind of curious to hear, you know, in the last 10 years, maybe lifetime, what's the most expensive cash layout trip that you've done? I was thinking about this. I don't have uh, a lot of good ones. I've put cash out there, but I've always been that guy who wanted to maximize his miles and points. Um, I've obviously done, you know, year and a half backpacking trips, stuff like that. So I feel like I aired too much on the side of not, the last few years of not doing things I should have been doing, like kind of splurging on enough stuff. So I feel like I'm terrible. I was really thinking all day about, about like <laughs> what, what trip I should have. I've splurged on points and stuff. I've done lots of Hawaiian trips and things like that, but thankfully I've not and had you've to take booked, cash. You've booked a lot of like excursions and stuff and, and that through the chase portal. So you yeah. even use points like directly for that versus indirectly where I cash them out with pay yourself back and then use the cash to pay for it. So I can't wait to hear Bethany's. Stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say she's gonna have some. It's probably a cruise, though. <laughs> yeah, I, screw you. I was just gonna say the answer is gonna shock you. <laughs> it was a cruise. <laughs> uh, I knew it. <laughs> assuming we're not doing like gambling losses, right? No, no. Okay, oh, okay. Well, then but, Vegas would be number one for me. But yeah. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah. So it was definitely one hundred percent our Royal Caribbean cruise that we took maybe like a year before I really got serious. Like I always had like uh, chase points, you know, 
but I hadn't really experienced like the true world of miles and points at that point. So yeah, it was definitely a cruise. We spent like 3,500 cash just for the room and the basic food. And then we spent like another probably 2,500 on board in like extra food, drink, all that stuff. That booze and, bill, man. That booze bill yeah, gets you. Right? I mean, they really know how to get you. And then like excursions and we just had a good time. However, if I did that now, $6,000, like you better believe I'm getting at least on like one first class flight. I'm staying in one four seasons. Like if I'm not using points, it's going to be something way more bougie than a cruise, you know? So that was it. Yeah. yeah. Mine is probably a cruise. I mean, I used to go on cruises uh, before miles and points and I certainly did a few. And there was one cruise Wasn't where- Wasn't a Disney, what about like a Disney trip? I mean, those get super expensive yeah, if you stay point. on site. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, that is good, but then I'm always cheap and I'm staying off site. Uh, like when I stayed on site, it's because I was you're able not, to use Delta Miles or. You're not Benji where you uh, you roll out all the Disney gift cards and you go balls to the wall. Well, so I have done some of that. So I did utilize. So now I have a few thousand dollars in Disney gift cards, but now I'm being cheap about it. Like I'm still going to like dole that out slowly. But again, I don't get the huge personal value out of staying on property like Benji does. So I feel like so much with travel is about knowing which experiences mean something to you and then going out of your way uh, to do them. And like I said, I pursued, I guess, being able, I pursued a lot of cool stuff over the years and tried to find ways where I could make miles and points uh, work with that. But there were times where I should have uh, probably done stuff or I chose a certain trip where I could use miles and points more than an, than another one. Um, but yeah, I, I've done group trips though in the past. I did it like coaster trips way back when where I had to pay a lot of money because people were planning the trip and it would piss me off because here we are staying in this terrible hotel that I paid way too much money for. And, you know, so that that's always the worst kind of stuff when you're paying for, for travel that you know you could do much better. And, you know, it's not very good anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, nothing, nothing like this. But when I do go to Alaska, Mark, I mean, I'm going to do this stuff, right? I mean, I feel like I don't want to be the guy who goes to places and doesn't do things. And, you know, I feel like it's okay in our hobby to spend a little bit money. And it didn't, there wasn't a lot of people saying that years ago that it was okay. And yeah. I'm glad that we are, you know, now. I think it, I think it has changed. And I know Bethany was always, you know, this way, but I do think it shifted. Like when Benji first started writing for us and he wrote an article about him, how he cashes out all his ultimate rewards. And that was back when it was one cent a piece. And I was like, oh, you better get ready to get murdered in the comments. Like absolutely murdered. People lose their mind about this in Facebook groups and stuff. So this was like one of his first like four or five articles that he wrote. And, you know, he's not used to getting destroyed in comments, but they were actually really open to it. And a lot of people said they did it. So I think over time, people have realized that, you know, points with uh, devaluations and stuff, points valuations have kind of come down towards the cash level. And it gets to the point like, I'd rather just pay cash and not have to worry about it, book direct flight, instead of having connection to use miles and points. And I can cash out these miles and points. I might not get as much, but, it, you know, convenience factor. And I think people have accepted that more. And kind of the whole thing has changed. And part of that's because they're not worth what they were. Part of it's because uh, you get better cash out options now than you did before. And part of it's just, I think people have adjusted and grown. So it's been interesting to see for sure. I like in your article too, you talk about how you could have saved money on the Alaska trip. So not only saying what you spent, but then, yeah, this is how I could have gotten cheaper airfare. This is how I could have gotten cheaper hotels. So if you were taking that extreme approach, I think not only does it show people how they could do it cheaper, but also show people where you sort of spent, you know, where you made sure, hey, we wanted to fly a nice, you know, flight 
to Alaska because it's a long flight and we've been cooped up in the house and it was special. That's why I spent that many miles. And, you know, you could have done it differently. So I'm glad that you're kind of painting the whole picture for everybody. And there's really no wrong answer when it comes to this stuff. It's just about living life and having fun and turning those miles into memories, if you will. Can we also just take a pause for Miles to Memories, probably being the only blog out there that has a fire person on their team and a girl who likes to pay cash for the Four Seasons. Like the diversity (laughs) there, there's something for everyone. And a girl that never uses miles and points, period, in Zoe. So we're oh, all I was about to say, I don't know who you're talking to, but okay, yeah, <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> yeah, she's never, never once booked a trip. So that's why I always find her perspective interesting, too, because it's like a true travel backpacker perspective and doesn't think anything about it. Like she does travel as cheap as possible without using miles and points. But I'm like, man, we need to open up your mind or your world to this. Uh, change your whole uh, scope of things. It'd be kind of fun to interesting to see if she ever got into it. Yeah, I mean, that's where I started. My travel was backpacking and staying in guest houses, hostels, traveling as cheaply as possible. So yeah, I mean, before I found miles and points, I always thought I was great at finding a good travel deal. And you know, now, of course, I find I'm much, much better at not only uh, finding a good travel deal, but finding how how to travel nicely, dare I say, in a bougie way compared to those uh, terrible guest houses that I stayed at way back in the <laughs> way back in the day. All right. So the the last thing we're going to talk about, and we talked about this, I know, at some point in the last few weeks, Mark, the rumors of Chase Sapphire and the this what was going to be changed with it. But I don't think we've talked on the show the confirmed changes to Chase Sapphire Preferred and Cha- Sapphire Reserve and. You know, to start off with, Sapphire Preferred gets some enhancements and Sapphire Reserve sort of kind of gets pushed to the side. I don't quite understand what's what's going on there. So Mark, start us off. Let us know what did they change with Chase Sapphire Preferred to make this card, I guess, more relevant uh, in today's world. Yeah, so it, everything pretty much lined up with the rumors. It, the one thing we weren't sure of is the annual fee. And I had assumed it was going to go to like $150, something like that. But they are keeping it at $95, which I was really surprised about. They're adding a $50 hotel credit every card member year. So we told people, uh, like I wrote an article, if you are going to sign up, don't sign up until the 16th or 17th when this finally rolls out. Because if it, you know you won't get it until the following card member year. So if you signed up like on August 13th, you wouldn't see it again until August 13th of uh, 2022. So it's not as good as we had hoped when we originally heard the news. It's based off booking through Chase Travel. So that limits the usability somewhat. Um, Usually Chase Travel, you can find hotels that are somewhat similar priced. And I think this is a good option for any hotel that's not like a points hotel that you wouldn't want to earn credit on your stay type of thing. So if you're staying for a night or whatever, you can get $50 off. Even if the price is like $20 higher on Chase, you're still saving 30 bucks. So I think there's some value there. Uh, You're going to earn five times on Chase Travel. I never book anything through Chase Travel just because it's such a pain to deal with stuff, which we've talked about in previous episodes when you have cancellations or stuff on airfare. So I wouldn't really use it. Three times on dining, uh, certain streaming, select streaming, and online grocery like Instacart, stuff like that. So it's a little bit limited, but I think delivery services are are pretty big these days. Still will earn two times on travel, one time on everything else. You also get a 10% back points anniversary bonus, which is based off your spend. So if you spend $25,000, you get 25 extra point, 2,500 extra points. So it's not based 10% off the earnings. It's actual the, the dollar spend, which is kind of unique and not as good as it could have been. But so you're essentially earning 3.1 on dining, streaming, online grocery, 2.1 on travel. So a a vast improvement for the same annual fee, even if Benji disagrees. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they they gave you a lot of good stuff there. And yeah, to your point, what's with all this chase travel? They want to incentivize you. How about you make the system better? How about you make it so people can see stuff online and cancel? I would love to use chase travel for 5X if the price was the same or whatever. But yeah, it's just way too painful to cancel anything. And I've lost points. I've actually let points go when I booked activities because it was too much of a hassle to try to get them back. And where's the actual value there if I'm actually letting stuff go and I'm losing those points? $95 a year, it seems like that's a pretty good card, Bethany, right? Oh, it's it's an awesome card. I think we all have it. And I feel like I understand the people complaining about the benefits not being game changers, but at the same time, they didn't increase our annual fee at all. So it's probably a card you're either keeping or upgrading, downgrading in the future, right? So it's not like you're actually spending any extra money. And if you're one of these lucky people who happen to fall into one of these spending categories, you made, you know, you got some extra value for nothing. Yeah, if you're a road warrior, you're getting three times dining for $95. I mean, I guess the biggest comparison is City Premier, which is three times dining and three times groceries. So people will say maybe that's better, but you have to throw in the fact that City Thank You partners kind of suck. Chase has Hyatt, which is the best you can do for partner, for which most people believe that that's the case, um, and just has better partners overall. It's probably the best lineup for domestic uh, travel of membership rewards, uh, ultimate rewards and thank you points. And a lot of people are traveling domestically, you know, currently. So that's kind of a feather in their cap. I would have loved to see just grocery period instead of online grocery, but at least it's something. Although online grocery is probably like two, two things, right? It's probably like Instacart and Fresh Direct. Yeah. Cause they say excludes Walmart, uh, Target and wholesale clubs. So I'm guessing it's like that type of thing. Uh, maybe Walmart grocery pickup would work because you order it online and you go pick it up. So I think we'll find some other stuff that works that you might not think should work. So there's always things like that. So I think there will be opportunity there. Maybe something like Fluzz, if they're uh, Flues, Fluzz, however you say it. With Hans Grocery, maybe that will code as grocery and they sell gift cards. So I think there will be options that we'll have to test the waters on. But it's still better. You're getting three times signing. And I'd rather have that versus City Premier. And you have Pay Yourself Back currently at least at 1.25 cents where City, the cash out is one cent. And you get the 10% bonus, so you're earning better on dining. So I do think it is better than the Premier. It's the closest competitor. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is to have both of them. Because for a travel hacker, yeah. that 3x unlimited grocery uh, with the Premier is great. But uh, for the normal person, I don't know that it really, if I'm comparing the two cards, it's going to move the needle all that much uh, for me. Yeah, for somebody who, you know, is not maximizing their categories at grocery stores, like for me... There's no reason to have the city premiere, especially to deal with city's IT. So I'd rather just take like the one X. You, you don't want to book, book Turkish awards uh, <laughs> no. with your thank you points. <laughs> no. Although I do love that they have American or they've added it temporarily. I guess we'll see how that works out. Everybody drained their accounts and now. <laughs> so there you go. So that's, it's something. It's something yeah, I'm going to use my that's existing 4,000 thank you points on it. Do I, is that even enough? I don't even know how to use their system anymore. I just Yeah. You have to, you have to have at least a thousand. So you're good. So that good works go. great. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's pivot to the Sapphire reserve. Garbage. And yeah. I mean, the, the annual fee is staying the same. So $550 there and what you're getting 10 X on chase dining, which is a very limited program with very limited so um, weird. stuff. And then um, some of the Chase travel stuff, you're getting 10x, 5x on airline travel through Chase travel again. 
So you're getting 3x on all travel and dining with the Sapphire Reserve. But I mean, the preferred is a better card at a lower annual fee. There's just no way I'm going to, I mean, you get the, the 1.5 cents cash out. I mean, what else is there? What reason is there to hold this card anymore? Yeah, and, and when you look at competitors, uh, Amex Platinum just went up, but it's earning five times uh, it, at the five old 550 rate. It was earning five times on airline. Prestige earns five times on airline and dining. So you would have liked to see, you know, they have the Freedom Flex they rolled out, earns three times on dining with no annual fee. So you would have liked to see them bump that at least to 4X. You look at Amex Gold for $250, it's earning four times on grocery and dining and three times on airline. So that's even better at a lower annual fee. You know, a lot of people will say, well, the reserve has the best travel protections. I'll throw a couple extra hours in there for several hundred dollars a year. That's okay. And priority pass, you can get other places. I know they have the restaurants, but are the restaurants really worth that much to you unless you are a home base that you use it all the time? And even then, free food, if it's crappy, it's still, I mean, it's free, but it's crappy. So what do you care? Uh, (laughs) So that's my take on it. I can't tell anybody to get this. And if you want to cash out at the 1.5 cents, well, if it, like, let's uh, say it gets extended long term, build up your stash and then upgrade a card to it. Cash out a couple months later, six months later, whatever, downgrade again. So they're not like Amex where they're very obsessive where you have to hold it for a year if you upgrade. So that would be my suggestion, I guess. What do you think, Bethany? I completely agree. Um, I've been telling people to go for the CSP right now. And then if they're looking for cashback scheme to just wait, 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 and then, you know, transfer over to CSR, like when your annual fee is due or whatever. And yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. And that's Chase's program, right? They allow you to upgrade and downgrade. They have their rules that they set and people are working within the rules. A lot of times when you upgrade Sapphire Reserve, they're not charging the annual fee for a while too. So I know that. Yeah. I wrote that article. It takes like three months for them to actually bill it, which is bizarre. (laughs) Amex kind of does that too, which always like freaks me out because I'm like, okay, well, now are you counting my card member year as this or this, you know? And somehow they always figure out how to make it the most advantageous for themselves, but you know. <laughs> I will say Chase's, it, when you do an upgrade, your new card member anniversary is based on the date you upgrade, but the annual fee will always bill on that date. So you'll have two different dates, which really messes people up. So like uh, for when I upgraded my wife's to the reserve, it was, uh, let's say August was the upgrade date. So that was my anniversary date when the travel credit re- reset, but the annual fee, posted in November. So that was when the annual fee was reset. So I'd get the travel credit before the second annual fee would post. It's kind of crazy. But one thing we should say is if you're interested in the Sapphire Preferred and you don't have anybody to refer you, like a spouse or friend, family member, that type of thing, we do have the links if you want to support the the website, the podcast. Uh, you can sign up, get the 100K bonus, uh, get all these extra perks, earnings, $50 uh, hotel credit. So if it's something you were interested in, you were going to grab anyway, we have the same thing that you would get going direct. And if you'd like to support us, we we appreciate it. And, you know, you can find the links at uh, what's the website, Sean? MTMpodcast.com. Our main podcast site has uh, credit card links for anything. And yeah, we appreciate anytime anybody applies for a card, thinks of us, uses us. We only want you to use uh, our links when you can get the best deal. That's what's important to us. But we do appreciate the help, the support. And if you value our content, that's a way to uh, help support us and give us value back. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Now let's head into rapid fire. Mark, uh, what you got? So I'm going to plug uh, myself because I haven't brought this up uh, previously. You know, we talked about the Alaska... <laughs> The Alaska trip, how much it costs. And I want to do that for future trips. I think it's something people find of interest. And I, I always find that interesting for people to share their their costs with me. But I did write a, a two-part Alaska trip report that goes into detail of everything we did every day. 
you know, if you, if you really have a lot of time on your hands, I think it's like 5,000 words between the two of them. So the most writing I've probably done in a while, uh, put a lot of effort into it, a lot of cool pictures, uh, shared some good tips. If you have a trip coming up or you want to be inspired for Alaska, check those out. Yeah. How about you, Bethany? Uh, okay. So my rapid fire is kind of more of a question. Do you guys think for somebody who did not hit globalist this year, that it's worth it now to sign up for the World of Hyatt credit cards since they're doing double elite nights for all stays for anybody who signs up after, I think it was like August 16th or something. Because I know that the the current sign-up bonus is, you know, weak compared to older or historic bonuses. But I'm still thinking about it because I gave P2 all the qualifying nights because hi, it's like the one program where you can gift status and I could just like pull points in his account. So now I'm thinking, well, maybe with this new offer, I should go for it myself. Yeah, because you got to hit 30 and you get five from signing up for the card. So that knocks it down to 25. And then if you do the 15K to get the free night before the end of the year, since it resets the calendar ne- year next year, that'd be another six nights. So we're down to 19. So you'd have to stay 10 times if they're giving you the double nights. And depending on your travels, if you have that already locked up that you were going to do anyways, I think it's a no brainer. So you think that's better than going for the extra like uh, milestone benefits? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the status is really where the value is. So yeah. that's what I'd focus on. And because you're going to get it for the remainder of this year, and then you'll have it all next year too. So it'll be worth it, I think. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I mean, you're still getting a 60,000 point bonus, right? Uh, but yeah, you have if to you do the 15 k Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to do, and you want to do the 15 k anyway to get that free night uh, after the spend. So yeah. The free night that I'm never going to use. Never going to, because it's a cat. There are some category one through fours that, uh, that are. Yeah. Hey, the Orlando true. trip. There you yeah. go. Bing. I, yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> that's what I used my mind for recently was the uh, MTM meetup. We try to keep all our diamond meetups at category fours or lower so people can burn certificates. There we go. <laughs> It's never going to be that easy to get top tier status again, or I don't know, maybe they said that earlier this year and maybe it'll get even easier, but it's still certainly easy. Hopefully they, they roll it out 30 days again next year. That'd be awesome. That would be no, awesome. No, yeah. we need all you, all you poor man's globalists to go away. <laughs> See? And let us real globalists. I'm not the only person who thinks like that. <laughs> let, let us uh, real globalists yep. have, uh, yeah, have, have Hyatt's back to ourselves. I haven't, thankfully, I haven't noticed a huge difference when staying. I was, not that I was too worried about it, because I feel like I've matched status so much that I get free things in other programs. So Hyatt's the one where I've paid and sort of tried to, to get status, but I get free status so much that I don't uh, worry too much. But um, thankfully, I haven't been out uh, maneuvered for rooms too often. Even in our diamond meetup, I got a decent room because Mark, yeah, uh, Mark claims that he got it for me, but... <laughs> We all know, we all know that it was just, I'm just that special. And that's why uh, I got that. You are that special. That room. Not, they didn't give me the presidential suite, Bethany. So I don't think that they quite know my value, but we'll, we'll keep working on it. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, that's here, it. Never here going I am again. playing the world's tiniest violin for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what, who does know my value? And that is City and Sears, because they keep sending me these spending offers and we write about them all the time. And it's not just me who gets them. But this month, this is the first time they did this, 15X on utilities, 15X thank you points on uh, utilities. And then I just got a 10X for the next three months on grocery and gas again. So that came in after- Are there even Sears stores still in business? Like There are none in Las Vegas. There are none left. There's no Sears or Kmart's left here. But uh, that credit card keeps going strong for me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I love it every time I see it. uh, But 15X, I'm paying my utilities, I'll take it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a card that none of you guys can get anymore. 
Makes and you happy about all those air conditioning bills in Vegas. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That makes it a little bit uh, a little bit less painful. But that's going to do it for this week's show. Bethany, where can people find you on the interwebs when they're not listening to this podcast? <laughs> well, they can always find me collaborating with my MTM people at Miles to Memories and uh, bougiemiles.com and the Bougie Miles YouTube channel. Like, thumbs up, subscribe. You guys know the drill since you follow all the Miles to Memories stuff. So that's where. Thanks for not making fun of me for, for saying smash the thumbs up button as everybody smash else. Smash the thumbs up button. Well, Make now sure you smash it. it. You can't just hit it. You got to smash <laughs> Smash it. that like button. Do we get double likes if you, if they smash it instead of just hit it? I hope so, because that'd be amazing. But Definitely. Uh, you can find yeah. me on Twitter, uh, give an Airbnb crap, at Detroit Mark. Uh, you can email me, mark at milestomemories.com. Comment on any of the articles on the website. Join our Facebook groups, our Diamond Patreon group. You know, send me Facebook messages, however you want to get a hold of me, you can. How about you, Sean? Yeah, and anybody who wants to join our Diamond Patreon group and then give me free suites. So cool to get to know our community and our people. And uh, we have our Facebook group, like we said. We have our, our Patreon, like Mark said, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. But you can find everything, miles, points, Vegas, videos, podcasts at miles to memories.com. It's all right there. Uh, on the uh, on the homepage, we got like 50 plus posts a week. We have uh, our new MTM Vegas podcast, this podcast, our YouTube videos, all of that. Milestomemories.com. Joe should be back next week. He is on week 18 of his vacation, so uh, hopefully he's enjoying himself. And uh, he decided to finally take a week Probably off not. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget that we have our monthly MTM Vegas live stream on the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. The happy hour, if you will, with Mark and Bethany. And they allow me to come and hang out with them as well. It's a lot of fun. That will be on August 25th at 5 p.m. Vegas time. So uh, check that out as well. Beast Coast time. (laughs) I love that in in our internal dialogue, Bethany did SCT, Sean Coomer time. SCT, Sean Coomer time. Yeah. Because I mean, you know. Let's get a little behind the scenes of how Bethany, because we have this weird, we have to schedule at a certain time for in Sean's time zone, even though we live in the Eastern time zone, Mm -hmm. but other things are in Mountain West time zone. And Bethany used to always mess up the scheduling. Oh God. When I, okay. So when I first started at Miles Memories, I probably for a good, like what, six months. And then maybe like once every couple months after that, I thought that Sean was going to fire me like once a week (laughs) for scheduling a post at the wrong middle because not only do you have to convert it to pacific time or was it mountain time at that point you also have to oh, put it into you military guys are making time this sound much worse than than, than it is <laughs> well so i mean there, there was one there one once upon a time there was one person who lived in the pacific time zone writing and so that's what the site yeah the mountain time sucks because that's house of miles that's boarding area and so there's some stuff that they have and that's beyond my control or else it would all but be... then why also military time on top of that? Like why? Yeah, that's why did we have to add that extra military. layer of complexity? <laughs> oh, because that way so you funny. don't accidentally schedule things for four in the morning instead. Of, I don't know. I again, that was always military time from it's, before. So it's just... funny that uh, Danny messed up something. He's like, I posted these two at New York time. I noticed it. Nothing went out uh, for the last hour. I was like, Oh, did Bethany take over your body today or what? <laughs> <laughs> I was consulting that day. Who knew that time zones could be such an issue? Like, Mark is so bitter about the time zones. One of these days, just like on your birthday or something, I'll change the time zone to the east time zone just for a day. Just to to, to make you happy. For my day too, please. All right. And that's going to do it for this week's show. 
Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.